we're back with another episode of the Utility Strategy Podcast. And today we're going to take a deep dive into subsurface utility engineering. And uh, we have here with us today, Rusty Wolf, who is a director of subsurface utility engineering at Criado and Associates. Uh, Rusty's been in the industry, has construction experience of about 30 years, uh, 11 years of sewer experience, 17 years of uh, QA and QC experience. So it's going to be a pretty interesting conversation. So without any uh, further ado, Rusty, how, uh, how are you doing today? Doing great. Where are you talking to us from? So we are in Dallas, Texas. Give us a brief. Who's Rusty Wolf? What have you been up to? Well, Rusty Wolf is just a normal individual who enjoys coming to work and, you know, Sue is my passion. I guess I wouldn't be in it if it wasn't. I really preach Sue. There's a lot of reasons for it that a lot of people do not understand and still a lot of companies do not understand Sue. Like it's a very passionful industry, if that makes sense. Like a lot of people are very opinionated on how things should be done, how regulation should be, what the standards should be. And I think it's because there's a whole industry of infrastructure that needs to be fixed. And it feels like that the subsurface utility engineers are the pioneers. And I believe we are. And as long as we push what we're wanting through whatever means necessary to get things initiated through the states you're in or the cities you're in that you're working with or companies that you're working for, there's a lot that goes into play when it comes for Sue. You know, a lot of people don't realize that Sue, it's a process of how things are done, different levels of the way it's completed. With that being said, each state has their own locating people that go out and locate utilities. For instance, here in Texas, we have Texas 811. When they go out and mark a utility, their standards, they have to be with a certain distance of the utility, but they do not have to be on the utility. They just have to let people know that there's utilities in the area. So what that does is when people are incorporating something into their design or a construction firm, for example, is out there doing a project, they look at these marks and they go, okay, well, there's a utility here. We can't dig here, but they'll go five feet or 10 feet from the utility and they actually hit the utility. That's not a safe process. When utilizing Sue, you know, yes, we try to locate everything. If we could get a crystal ball to work to look at it and go, yes, there's everything under the ground. For us, we have to go with as-built drawings. We have to go with records, sending guys out in the field and doing investigations. It's a very tedious process. What you get from these construction companies, and I hear this a lot, well, we've already done Sue. And come to find out, all they have done is called in a 811 ticket. Each client, if they utilize Sue, they can go out there, they can get the utilities marked and have peace of mind, you know, and still use caution as they're going along. They're going to have as-built drawings. They're going to have their records. They're going to have our CAD files or our deliverables that we give to them to assist them while they're out there working. There's different phases, the way people utilize Sue. If you have a construction firm, a lot of them, they just want to know what's out there. They want to know what's on the ground. So if we go out and market and we're on the utility, get everything marked for them. 
and basically give them a field sketch. They share it with their contractors that are coming in. And then going forward, you've got engineering firms that hire the Sioux people that will give them a deliverable, a CAD file with all the survey data that is on there of all the utilities that have been picked up. And they incorporate that into their design, which helps them if they know they have to relocate different utilities or if it's going to become a problem. As someone who's been around in the industry, you've probably seen some, well, let's call it implications of processes that haven't been done correctly. Can you share like a story or two? What have so, you seen and maybe what we can learn from it? I know one particular story that is funny to me, but I had an individual at one time, I had been trying to get in their door for years to try and sell Sioux services to them and get them to utilize us for projects. The funny thing about this is I was headed to a meeting. I was a little bit late. I walk in, the meeting's going on and the individual, as I walk in, he's like, Hey, Rusty, I need to talk to you right now. The meeting stops. He walks off the podium. We go to the side and he asked me, how quick can you get some of your guys out to our location and come to find out what they had done was they hit a gas line during a school day. They had to evacuate a school, had to evacuate the housing around the location, helicopter flying around the top, everything. So preaching this, you sue, utilize us, let us go out and help you locate these lines because here's what it has done for them. Now, what did they do? They just used the 811 system? They just used 811 every time. And here's the information. You've got a school that's been disrupted. You've got family members and other people outside of the school area that now has to evacuate the area. Now you've got negative media coverage on your company and the school and the city that this was being completed at. So that's the fiasco. What exactly happened? What was the details of why they missed that pipeline? Just, it was either mismarked or was not marked. Got, got too close to it and hit it. If you have marks for Sue, we want to be directly on the utility, plus or minus a little bit, but not five foot off. For Texas 811, before you dig, by law, you have to call Texas 811. Even as a Sioux firm, if I go out and pothole, I have to call Texas 811 for them to let us know there's utilities in case we hit a utility and damage it. I cannot imagine if I have 20 projects a day or 10 projects a day and I call in 811 tickets that any 811 firm has enough people to cover that amount of one call locates. And, you know, we have to be patient. We have to wait till they go out and mark. And I guarantee you a lot of construction firms and other people do not wait for that 811 ticket to clear. The projects need to move forward. You know, it gets me thinking, what can we do as an industry to speed up this process? Because the manpower isn't getting any cheaper. We need more quality people in our field because, you know, it's not a war zone, but it's a dangerous business. If you make a mistake, someone can get hurt. Yes. And you talk about manpower. You know, a lot of people think, oh, I can just go out there and I can mark the utility. I can do this. Hey, you might get one, but you're going to miss some. There's a lot to training a Sioux tech going out in the field. And it comes with years of experience and years of mentorship by a lot of the older designators that are out there. I like to take an experienced designator and put a young designator with them and not just throw the guy out in the field and say, here, go mark these utilities. There's a lot of tricks to the trade 
of tracing stuff back in, like you might have to hook up to an electric or a fiber line a mile away and trace it back into where you're working, just to find where it goes to. I see schools pop up, you know, we can teach you designating. Well, you can teach the basics, but realistically, it takes time and it takes people to get out in that field and have the want and the will to go out and do this and be passionate about it. If you look at it as just a job, that's the way it's going to be treated. If you're passionate about, you know, if you're passionate about anything you do, you're going to give 110%. You're going to do the best. Definitely. That's true. I think for, for any industry, not just ours, although I think that in ours specifically, you can see that the experienced professionals in our industry, it's like solving puzzles for them. It's like going out in the field and how do I take a look at what I'm seeing? and make sense of it and know what my plan of action is going to be just from looking at a map or looking at the road that I'm about to go and explore. What I think is very funny, I saw a picture and a lot of people use it when they do a suit presentation and they show what is under the ground. This is a photo back in early 1900s and you've got a hundred pipes all congested. And the sad thing is city of Dallas, Fort Worth, Houston, that's what you get when you go out. And we've even hooked up to a line. I know we called it three different things. We thought at one point it was an electric line. For some reason, we were getting a tone on it, on electric. There was some kind of current going through it. Gas company said, that could be our line. Had the city utilities down there and they were like, could be a water line. So we potholed it, still couldn't tell what it was and come to find out it was just an abandoned line that had a bad ground to it that was causing wow. a, a signal on it. But with that being done, they were so concerned about this in the city of Dallas and it was so close to where they were working. I mean, within two to three foot that they really needed to know what it was. But at that point, you know, again, why utilize Sue for safety, cost overruns, as-built drawings, Records are only as good as the people who have drawn them. That's my opinion. As maybes. I've heard so That's many right. variations. Yeah. And then you get these records, you get these drawings, and you go out in the field, and they're, these utilities are not where they say they are. They could be on the other side, 100 feet away, 10 foot away. Nothing really ever matches up. Very fortunately, sometimes they do, but you cannot always rely on that. You know, I think as-builds are great when you're trying to estimate what's the complexity of the project, what the complexity is going to be. So you're trying to figure out what am I up against? Am I up against a gas line, a bit of fiber? That's great. But to design off of it, never. You've got to have the Sioux guys in the field validating with GPRs, touching the pipes. You know what I mean? Because you can't design without geo-referencing what is actually happening in the field. You were saying, how do we get this out there? How do we sell Sue? Well, how does my company sell Sue? How does another Sue firm get out there to let people know what they're going? You know, one, it goes back to, like I said, the safety issue. And then people learn the hard way. Again, you hit a utility. They have to repair this utility. It causes them downtime. A company doesn't utilize Sue. They do their plans. They do all this work for months. And then they come to find out when the project starts, they find a utility there and they have to redesign everything. I think education is key. I think what you're doing is great. The industry needs to be educated what Sioux is. If it's not a mandate from the state, like what Colorado has done, I would love to see Texas go and say, for all construction projects, you have to utilize Sioux. Now that tells people, oh, well, that's going to cost us more money. 
But then again, you know, they've proven that for every dollar spent on Sue in 2002, you saved $4.62. You know, there are all sorts of stakeholders involved in infrastructure projects. Who do you think were having a challenge conveying the value of what Sue is? Which stakeholder do you think we should be focusing our education on? I think it has to start at the top. It needs to start at the top and work its way down. Majority of the time, I will say this in the construction industry, what happens is a project gets started. They hit a utility. They've waited too long. It needs to be in place when they're even talking about getting a project started. I guarantee you, anywhere you go in the United States now, it doesn't matter if you're building wind turbines, if you're doing Sioux, if you're ripping out pavement or doing some kind of city work. One thing they put into play is safety. You have to have safety. You've got OSHA guidelines. You know, you have to have safety. It, it doesn't matter within your company, with who you're working for. And if you don't, somebody gets hurt, what happens? You're going to get in trouble. OSHA is going to come down on you. You're going to get fined. You're going to maybe lose your contract. You know, if somebody gets hurt, they could run you off the project if it was something that you did that wasn't correct. And I think that needs to be in place for Sue as well, that it starts at the top. And when they start putting through their project, it needs to be included at the top. That way, when it gets down to the bottom, it's not just, oh, well, I think we need to use Sue. I know we have a budget for it, but yeah, it's already too late. It's like, I think I'll save money. I just won't utilize Sue. We'll save the money. We'll just use our 811 marks and take our chance. But then that goes back on the design. If all this is done in design, by the time the superintendent gets out there, Sue could have already been done. It's been completed before they even walk out and start their project. 811 is a great organization, but I think that one of the problems is that it sort of educated the industry that, okay, call before you dig. That's important. But it's, okay, we'll only do this three days before we start construction. And Sue needs to happen very, very early in the process. I would even say front end, that stage. I think that the problem is, and I'll point the finger, is I think that the project owners need to start pushing this to the industry. I think it needs to come from them before it even comes from regulation. And by the way, to say something about TxDOT, Texas Department of Transportation, I think they're mandating that you need to use Sue on their projects. Am I correct? Basically, almost all TxDOT projects, depending on what they're going, I know they utilize Sue. They do. I think they've realized it all goes back to another process. Where do people want to cut money? Where do they want to save? Where do they pull this out of their budget? I know for our company, we do do a lot of TxDOT work and they utilize us for Sue, Sue and Survey and other things. But it's a catch-22. You either do it or it's going to cost you in the end. And you might get lucky. You might get lucky for a while. But like I told you, once that project starts, if the engineers don't have the correct data that they need to do their design. It's too late. It's too late. It's too late. They've got the plans. They're not going to change anything. Just think of it. The logistics of getting machinery to a location and then saying, okay, guys, we're going to move it 500 feet north or to whatever it is. It's like, why? For them, it's a, a challenge, a conceptual challenge, I'd say. It's not even just that. Think about that engineer or that company that's been working on this design for months, maybe a year or longer. And then all of a sudden they go out to start the project and the guy calls them and says, Hey, there's a storm line or storm drain or duct bank running down through here. What do you want us to do? So you've got all this months and time with these people, these engineering firms have spent doing the design of these projects. 
now they have to go back and redo everything. And that's money on their end. Who pays for that? Here's the thing. If, if it's a city project, in the end, we as, we as citizens pay for that. We're paying for that. That's where that money's coming from. If it's a city project, if it's a school, if it's a roadway, in the end, we pay for that. Not me as Sue, but me as a person, we pay for that. And then who makes the money? I don't even know if I should say this. I saw a depiction the other day. It was Spider-Man jumping around. Maybe if you've seen this about not using Sue, and it says the one that made out the most was the lawyers at the end. I think that's one of our pieces of content. I'm taking credit. There you go. Yeah. It's absolutely true. It's like we're standing around, all of us pointing fingers at each other. And all the stakeholders, like we're each siloed in kind of our own space, making sure that we're covered and that we're not liable. We're trying to make sure that we're not assuming liability. So we're not sharing the information. I don't want to name any company, right? But we know who the utility owners are who are not sharing information. We're making it difficult to acquire as built. And I think that the lack of sharing information is causing a lot of this. And I realize why utility owners don't share the information, but I think that if there are stakeholders in a specific project, that stakeholder is involved. So there needs to be absolute transparency. Right. And you run into that. And we run into that when requesting records. When a suit project starts, we go out, we start requesting records for everything we do. You know, it doesn't matter what project we have. We try to get whatever records we can get. One of the hardest things is just like you said, you will get certain utility companies that will go, I'm sorry, I can't give you that. You might have somebody, well, I can kind of give you a guess what's over there. And they give you a piece of paper and they draw something with a crayon. And on a piece of paper. <laughs> That's terrible. But it's happened. I mean, Not sure if I should laugh or cry after you said that. But. but it's the truth. You know, it makes our job very difficult. And for us, if we have those records, it does speed up our process. Yeah. For a suit firm, it does speed up our process. It allows us to get in there allows us to get out. If we don't have the records, it takes us additional time to have to really get in there and troubleshoot and scan the areas a little thoroughly than you might normally would do. And that cost goes to the client because you're out there longer. I know as a firm for us, we like to get in, get the project completed, get the client what they need just as quick as possible. And I heard this many, 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 many years ago where it says, you know, we don't have time to do it right the first time, but somehow we can do it a second time. Wow, that's so true. Not just for Sue, I think for any type of project that you want to do right in whatever you're doing in life. Right. You know, we go back to the safety and why you sue and whatnot. It's a process. You know, we go out and we locate, we verify all records. We take the records out in the field. We take and look at what features are out there and try to attach those to what records we have. Then, you know, you go out and you locate. And at the end, the best form of sue is when you actually put your eye on it. It's when you pothole that utility, you dig down to it, you see it. You know for a fact it's there. You can get a measurement down. However, that client needs to utilize that information, you can give it to them. That's the process. We QA, QC, and if you look at it, you re-look at it, you make sure what you're giving to the client is correct. That way, they have peace of mind. The liability is cut down when they go out to the field. You know, you're just talking about liability of everything. Utilizing the suit processes will save money. 
and then go on the safety standpoint. It could save lives. I would not want one of my guys walking out here in the city of Dallas, giving him a shovel right next to a roadway and say, hey, I need you to dig down here five foot. I need a hole here. He digs down five foot, hits a high voltage line or something. It's done. He's hurt or he dies or she dies. Yeah. So. yeah, there was a video circling around LinkedIn of a guy that was putting up a fence in his backyard and he has this huge machinery pushing these metal sticks into the ground. And you can see it go thump, thump, thump. And then all of a sudden there's this explosion that flips the guy up in the air. You can see him running out of the smoke and all the dirt falling on him. This happened, I think, in the last two months. And I know like this isn't the standard large infrastructure project, but it just goes to show that no matter where you are, even if you're in your backyard and you're digging, you got to be careful. You just don't know what's below. You know, we could talk about yards. I'm very fortunate where I live that I know every utility that runs around my house. But again, I've had to call 811. And it was very funny the other day that, you know, this is not a come down on 811. It's a process for them. But I think their standards might need to be a little higher when they're locating utilities. Are people actually going out there and marking these utilities? I know where my gas line runs. I know where my fiber bank runs along our sidewalk. Two houses down, 811 comes out and they mark the utilities. And they go all the way down past my house. And I'm looking at it and going, now, wait a minute, it doesn't run there. And they were probably four foot off where the gas line was. Then they had the fiber line running all the way down the sidewalk, continuing past my house, all the way down the street. Actually, that fiber line stops at my house, and that's it. How do you explain that? The two process, we know it's going to work for the engineering firms, for design and the construction firms. Will it ever be utilized in the private side of somebody building a house? Yes, sometimes as a supervisor. I've had private people call me and say, hey, I would really like to know what is here. Could you come out and mark our utilities? But then is it cost effective for a homeowner to do that? Well, it's true. It's true. Do you uh, expect uh, a homeowner to pay whatever he needs to pay for something like that? It's a question. When we're talking about the private sector, like you can look at what's happening there. Renewables, for example, uh, when you take a solar farm project, I got to say, I'm not entirely familiar with the process, but there's this thing called ALTA, A-L-T-A, for renewable projects. But then yeah. again, with an ALTA survey, they're going out, they're just shooting features. If I'm not mistaken, you're shooting what features you can see and whatnot. That is not suit. Exactly. You're digging three feet deep, four feet deep, and sometimes that's all you need to impact those uh, direct and indirect costs that we talked about before. 100%. I think it's education, you know, letting people know, letting clients know, other firms know. You know as a company, we go out and do lunch and learns. And, and I know other Sioux firms do this as well. I speak to other directors, a lot of great directors. And we have a lot of great Sioux firms in our area. Here's where you run into it. I have seen a lot of fly-by-night Sioux firms popping up that are not Sioux firms. So they do not have an engineer on staff or they're not following the ACE guidelines. I guess it would be a difference if they just said, hey, we're utility locators and we can go out and find your utilities. But to sell it as Sioux, that undermines every Sioux firm that is out here. Isn't that a bit negligent even? That you're assuming some sort of standard that you're not really upholding? It would depend on how they sell it, what the client is actually asking for. And down the line, when that client says, well, I had Sioux, they think they had a Sioux company, actual Sioux company come out and do the work for them. And then when they get their deliverable, they get a field sketch that looks like it was drawn with crayon. 
I'll give you an instance. A client that I had never worked with, I had talked to him, had tried to get him to utilize the services. And he asked me, he said, would you mind taking a minute to look at the Sue deliverable that this company did for me? Not a problem. Send it over. I'll be glad to look at it and let you know what I think. He sent me a 72-page deliverable. I was, I was just kind of shocked at what I was looking at pictures of their equipment, what their company does, their address, building head pictures. I mean, beautiful pictures. And this just went on and on, went on. But actually when it came to their deliverable, it was a square of a building and then it looked like somebody went on paint on your computer, utilized that program and drew some big thick lines. So there was utilities here. And he said, I can't get anything out of this. Well, what hurt him was this was a project that had to be approved and there was no more money available to have this suit completed. He was only allotted this certain amount of money for it. And he asked, he said, would you mind coming out here and helping and trying to win a client? Of course, I'm going to do the right thing. And I said, sure, I'd be glad to send somebody out there and see what's going on. Yeah. So we hooked up to some of his utilities or tried to find the utilities that these people had told them was there and they were not there. So got a company to come in for him, kind of like a pro bono thing, just to dig down, just to see if by chance we were not picking it up. And we dug probably 10 foot down, about a 10 foot long trench across where he was at, could not locate any utilities. So now he had a problem. What does he do? He spent his budget on Sue. If he spends any more money, now he's overrun. His policies wow. cost overrun. So what do you guys do? Uh, we help him out. We help you out. I didn't think otherwise, but I just wanted to hear you say it so the listeners know who to come to next. We did. We helped him out. It was a good little nature and hopefully next project he has, hopefully we get that call and he says, Hey, appreciate you helping us out. Did you come out and do this project for us? A little marketing there, but you know, it's, it still helps. Uh, that's how it's done. One of the things that I love about the game industry is that it's really about relationships. It's about the people. You want to work again with the people who you know have done good by you. You do. And here you go. You've got these fly by night sue firms out here, or they're calling them sue firms. You're not a sue firm just because you go out and buy a back trailer, some locating equipment. That does not make you a sue firm. That's another subject in itself. One of my mentors, she told me to do your job, come to work, be passionate, learn everything there is to know about it. I learn something every day. And in the sue world, something, there's always something that will pop up. Guys, it's been out here doing it 20, 30 years. They'll go, look what I found, a wooden water line or a wooden storm drain, something out of the ordinary. Rusty, you know, we end these episodes with two last questions. So first question, if there was something that our industry professionals could do different, what do you think it should be? That's a big one. I think get out and educate the people you are wanting to do the work for. Educate everybody you can think of, educate your clients, educate the people that are going to utilize it. If it has to go up state level, they need to be educated as well. If it has to go federal, take it to Washington and make it happen. That's what I'm saying. Education, push what we're doing, if it can be done. And I know it can be done. It's just getting the right people wanting to go out there and push it and getting somebody to listen. That's the main thing, getting them to listen and understand what we do and education. I support this message. You support um, that message, there you go. Definitely. Last question, who do you think should be our next guest on the podcast? I'm putting you on point here. I would like to see a panel of owners. I would like to have a group discussion amongst a, a project manager, a sue director, a site superintendent. 
an engineer, not just have a one-on-one and even have an owner of a sioux farm, have an owner of, of a project who started it from the beginning to the end and share the issues they had from start to finish on this project. I'm not saying every little detail, but only in the suit where they would have needed the suit portions. I think that would be a good start. Rusty, you've just given me an amazing idea. Well, it's your idea. I'm just going to try and follow up with it and we're going to see how we can make it happen. Good deal. And like I said, I know we're at the end here. If anybody, you know, any engineering firms, you know, reach out to a supervisor. Of course, I'd love, if you're in our area, I'd love you to reach out to us, but there's multiple supervisors within our area. Yeah, so. big shout out to Criado and Associates. Yeah. Rusty, thank you so much for your time. Very much appreciated. This was a really great episode. The listeners learned a lot and hopefully we'll see you on the show again in no time. So good deal. Appreciate it, Dave. <laughs>